1: Well, hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of In the Details, which is a celebration of nuance where each week I clean out on all of the acting choices, micro moments, and magic and the minutia that make a scene great. My name is still Colin Drucker, and your name is probably still Barbara Bel Geddes because, you know, it's a bonus episode. Uh, I don't know why I give you names every week, and I think they might just be Barbara Bel Geddes every week because I just love saying that name. Uh, who is Barbara Bel Geddes? You might be wondering well, it's a bonus episode we could talk about it. Uh, she's an actress obviously. what uh, I know her from best she was in oh what was the was she in Dallas? she was in what she was in I think she may have been in Dallas, but she also was in vertigo, which I've seen parts of and I think I've seen the ending and it's like not really it's more of a man's story than a woman's story but I know that like Barbara Bel Geddes plays the like. She's she's like the nerdy friend of Jimmy Stewart's, who I think pines for him, but he just doesn't see her. Uh, anyway, she's like, you know, she's the supporting character. She's the supportive friend. She's the quirky friend. She probably has some great moments in the movie, but I think once the movie gets going, it's just like Barbara Bello. Uh, anyway, uh, I was going to make a Bell Geddes to Bell Tower joke, and if you've seen Vertigo, you probably think it's still a dumb joke. But anyway, <laughs> I, I you know, what I wanted to do, I had wanted what is this? This podcast is just going to be like all the things I wanted to do. And here's what I'm actually doing. Uh, here's what I'm up to. Uh, what I, what I really wanted to do was kind of like what every other podcast has done, you know, do a little year in review. And I guess it would make sense to do like a 2018 year in review, like all of my favorite nuances of the year of 2018. But I, I don't think I saw enough 20 circa 2018 content. Uh, that had, I don't know, enough nuances that I'd want to queen out about because I would have to ignore all of the nuances from, like, 1971 or 1984 or, God forbid, 1976, which is the year Network was made. And you know who is a in Network, don't you? You know you know Beatrice G.D. Strait was in it. Uh, Best supporting actress, Beatrice Strait. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I... Uh, so instead, instead, I guess what I'm really doing is kind of looking back at my five favorite nuances from the 2018 episodes of In the Details, my own year in review, you know, my first my first uh, calendar year of In the Details. I started this at the very beginning of July. So here we are at the beginning of January, still kicking. Uh, and I'm loving it. I am so happy about this podcast, and I'm so happy for the people who've been listening. Whether you just jumped on board, or you've been on from the beginning, or whatever, or if you've you're a long time all right Mary listener, like it's uh it's super cool that you're listening to this as well. So thank you, thank you a thousand times over. And that being said, I hope I hope I don't miss any of your favorite nuances. And this was hard. I had to go through and. Uh, you know, really call it down. I I really, it was like a bracket. I had to just keep weeding it down. And so I have to just say from the outset that Beatrice Strait in Network is uh, exempt from this because she, no one will ever win. No one no one could ever compete. She is the Meryl Streep of nuances for me. Uh, though, and we'll talk about her after this. There's, I, I think I have a new obsession, but we're going to talk about her in a little bit. Uh, and she does not make this list, but she's going to get her own episode soon. Uh, but uh yeah, so so Beatrice Strait, she will she is not she is not a nominee because she is there is an honorary award in her name. Let's just say that I've just I made up. So uh, it's so it's all, you know, it's legal. It's legit. Uh, but anyway, we'll get to that later. Let's start with the honorable mentions, the ones who did not make the top five. And when I say top five, I should, I mean, really, this is like a Hall of Fame. I guess they are kind of in order, but uh, ultimately, all of them are winners. You know, I'm, I'm a real participation trophy kind of gal. But there are some that are that are definite honorable mentions that, as I was culling down the list, I was like, oh, but I love these ones, you know. So uh, a few, and of course, you know, I'll, I'll play them throughout if they're audio- tr- Uh, clips so you can have your memories jostled just like the oscars you get a little clip but once you see the nominees so the honorable mentions for the first annual nuances is that we're going to call these (laughs) i didn't think of what to call this before i started so i guess it's the nuances or something else i edit in later but chances are i'm not going to do that because i don't know how uh so first up of course is Jo Beth Williams in Poltergeist. Specifically, I tried to really narrow this down to micro moments, to specific nuances, because as you know from the Poltergeist episode, I love Jo Beth Williams in Poltergeist. I think uh, robbed at the Oscars, completely robbed from at least a nomination, or a Golden Globe. I mean, I would have been, I would have understood, and I would have said, hey, that's really cool that she got a Golden Globe nomination. That meant enough people recognized, yeah, that was a really good performance. Maybe not an Oscar nominee, but a Golden Globe nominee. But not even that. I don't know what she got. Uh, People's Choice. I don't know if that was around. But anyway, there's that great moment, and it's all a single-take shot. And I think it goes on for about four minutes maybe, but it's a single-take sequence with Joe Beth Williams, Craig T. Nelson, Zelda Rubinstein— Oh, I can't remember the guy's name who played Ryan. Uh, and, and then, of course, Beatrice Strait. And all of them are preparing to make contact with Carol Ann. And it's this incredible set piece. But, of course, it all eventually zooms in on, focuses in on Diane having to make content, contact with Carol Ann. And there's that moment where Tangina tells her to tell Carol Ann to run towards the light. Which, at this point, we all know is, uh, NG, no good. Turn around. And... Diane is not having it and this and that no that she responds with and we will play it here is truly an honorable mention from 2018's in the details episodes she's away from him away from
0: hopefully is she all right Diane ask about the light Caroline? <laughs> honey do you see a light Tell her to go to the
1: light. No! Next up, and this, of course, is uh, a reason to go watch the movie Rachel Getting Married, if you haven't seen it, because it's not really an audio clip. But one of my favorite elements of Rachel Getting Married is Anna DeVere Smith. She plays uh, Kim and Rachel's stepmother, Carol, and she really isn't—like, she is— she is that one step removed from the central family drama and it's best demonstrated in the, like this intense confrontation between Kim and Rachel and their father and, you know, Kim really getting caught in her lies and Carol is just in the room and there's so many different scenes in the movie where she's just in the room. We, we hear a, a few lines from her, but it's like the camera never focuses on her. It never stops on her. The scene is never about her. And, Yet you notice her. She's still doing something uh, with—she still has an intention. You know what I mean? And I talked about that in the Rachel Getting Married episode. And, and it's worth mentioning again that, like, Anna devere Smith is just so brilliant. Like, she's an actress. She's a writer. She She's done these incredible one-woman shows. She is incredible. And so when you know that there is just this, like, genius in the room. <laughs> who's also just an incredible actress and applying all of that genius and all that training and all of that thought even to being someone who the scene is not about and she manages to not steal focus but just kind of create texture in the moment and feel like there's real people in the room who have a real inner life and my favorite demonstration of that in this scene is the, is the final shot of the scene once the fight kind of disperses and everybody you know kind of leaves the room or once I think... Uh, Kim leaves the room, or Rachel, one you know, basically one of the, however family fights end, right? And that's really when we get one of the few shots that just focuses in on Carol just sitting there at one of the side tables, just crying. And to no one, and it's not a, you know what I mean? Like, she's just a witness to this dissolve of this family. And it's uh, it's really incredible. It's, I, I just, I mean, that almost made the list. It was just such a cool moment. Uh, and And I think probably... Like a quintessential nuance, and like why I love, you know, this kind of like intense analysis of a movie is to find those little moments. Is because she does shit like this, you know. Uh, anyway, next on the list of honorable mentions, I'm queening out like this, and these aren't even the these aren't even like the finalists. Ah, uh, okay. So let's let's get to that. I uh, these are both mentioned in the same episode, and I couldn't. I couldn't exclude one or the other. They really are the Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz of uh, of the list. You know, you, you can't nominate one without the other. So this, of course, is Olivia Hussey in Black Christmas and Carol Kane in When a Stranger Calls. And specifically, and I, I highlight each of these moments in that episode when the call is coming from inside the house, but specifically when the call comes in from the police that to Carol Kane and when a stranger calls and we get that infamous line from the police officer saying you know just get Jill just get out of the house the call is coming from inside the house and there's just that incredible moment where the camera is zoomed in on her face and her eyes just like close for like half a second as like the weight of it just hits her that like oh my god like it's it's an incredible small perfect moment <phone rings>
0: Sergeant Sacker, listen to me. We've traced the call. It's coming from inside the house. Our squad car's on the way over there right now.
1: Just get out of that house. And then, kind of on the flip side, in Black Christmas, right after the similar call where the police have told Olivia Hussey's character, like, uh, just get out of the house, just, you know. Uh, just leave and and she instead wants to find out where her friends are upstairs, Phil and Barb. There's that great moment where she's moving towards the front door and sort of the, the news of, of uh, the the weight again, the weight of the, of the reality sinking in, not just that the calls are coming from inside the house, but Phil and Barb and are upstairs and they're not responding to her. And it becomes this cathartic moment where she just loses her shit. And I, I, it's a, It's just an intense, um, unexpected, emotionally informed moment, you know? And, f- and the final uh, honorable mention, I going all the way back to the very first episode of In the Details, Five Essential Face Journeys, I, I may be just including this because I just think it's such an incredible, small, um, nuanced performance, and I'm so glad it got so much attention, but of course, it's Lori Metcalf in Lady Bird, and specifically that face journey as she's driving away from the airport having dropped off Lady Bird and realizing, oh no, I want to say goodbye. I... I love this moment. I watched it again recently. And I think what I love about this moment and about this performance is that like, you know, it was kind of like Alison Janney's year, you know, for Itanya. And I got it. And Alison Janney was doing quintessential best supporting actress work. And this could have even been some kind of honorary Oscar because she's just been doing so much good work in so many movies. Like, you could nominate her for Drop Dead Gorgeous. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's one of her best performances. There's so many goddamn nuances in that movie and specifically in her performance but um i love that like this little dark horse was laurie metcalf who people are like oh who's that aunt jackie and it's like no she's she's kind of like one of our (laughs) greatest living american actresses you know what i mean she is she's so incredible and i feel like we all finally realized it was like oh she she was nominated for an oscar for this role and it's the kind of role that like we've seen a thousand times we've seen the mom role you know and and it isn't even written to be like a similar to like the mom role in itania it's not kind of written for the oscars not that it's a well written not not that it's not a well-written role but it's just like Lori metcalf refuses to settle for like basic nuance she refuses to settle for like uh just a generic character she she it's like her face won't let her not have texture and story and history and emotion in every word and gesture you know what i mean so um i love that this moment really just uh featured that and celebrated that in a way and that being said we need to get into um We need to get into the top five, my top five favorite nuances that I've discovered throughout the first 21 episodes of In the Details, maybe 20 because the 21st one came out after the new year. Who's counting, right? In any event, in sort of a particular order, number five would have to be Valerie Harper in Don't Go to Sleep, and of course, it has to be that fight she has with Dennis Weaver And that moment, I mean, the fight, the whole fight is incredible, but there's the, the peak of the argument is when, and of course, if you have not listened to that episode or seen that movie, you can actually just go listen to that episode. I just dissect that argument, so you don't even need to see the movie, but like, why deny yourself such, such gems? It's on YouTube. It's easily available. The link's in the description for that episode. It's called the Made for TV Hereditary of 1982. So, the, the sort of almost climax of that argument is Valerie Harper just getting so incredibly fed up with Dennis Weaver's character. You know, these two grieving parents just navigating not only like their, their son just dying, but her, you know, her mother dying, their oldest daughter dying all within the same year. And, Dennis Weaver is, you know, his character is just collapsing under the weight of it and just becoming this blubbering drunk. And I just love this moment that sums up a frustration with him both in this moment and in dealing with this tragedy and a frustration that that spans way before all of this In in this, like, explosion here where she you know she says i don't want to have to deal with all this you know all these people staring at me or all these people thinking these things about me and i have to i don't have to deal with um having to pack up all this stuff like all this stuff i just don't want to have to deal with but i'm gonna have to do it because you can't take it and the delivery is uh is sublime here it is.
0: The funeral details. Packing up all. Now hold it. Now wait a minute. Taking the call it. Now, now, now Just and... a minute. You hold it right there. I wanted to make that call, if you will remember. Did you? No, no, because you wouldn't let me. If I don't do it, it doesn't get done. That's the truth. I don't want to see people staring at me sympathetically and they're keeping their distance because maybe i'm contagious i can't believe what i'm hearing i can't but i'm gonna have to do it because you can't take
1: it so congratulations valerie harper we'll see you again in 2019 uh, on in the details because i have so many more things i want to talk about with valerie harper in it oh my god i love her uh so next up number four and there was a lot of switching around this one made the list kind of last minute But I realized that I just, I couldn't not, I couldn't not include the soundtrack for 1987's Blood Rage. I couldn't. I love this theme song so much. I listened to it again just the other day, and I was like, God damn, is that good? And I just, I think it is worth listening to the entire little, uh, bit of it right here. Consider this the musical number for this award show. I'm going to go have a smoke in the back. Enjoy some music, kids. Ladies and gentlemen, your
0: intermission is almost over. In about two minutes, it's showtime. show time. I like showing. Ladies and gentlemen, your intermission is almost over. We have one minute to go back.
1: hope you enjoyed that next up is after after the longest nuance in this year's nuances we will now be celebrating number three the shortest nuance nominee number three finalist number three is of course one of my new old and new uh loves it is of course brenda vaccaro specifically in supergirl and specifically this i think i'll be going if you'll excuse me but I said I'm staying, I'm staying. You know, I I think in some ways this this inclusion is not only to recognize that Brenda Vaccaro has been a um she's been a figure in my life. She's been a formidable figure in my life since Airport 77, since I saw that when I was like 10. Uh not only that, not only is she really my drag inspiration, is, is she really, you know, I think if if you put me in the wig and the heels, uh pretty much what you'd get and i don't think that's such a bad thing but i think it's also this is a precursor to a lot of brenda vacaro love in 2019 I I, I I she's just one of those actresses i don't i think i i love a raspy voice you know and i i love i love mannerisms i love the ability to get you know teary eyed and and uh choked up and to play with that like i think brenda vicaro is very good at getting choked up and i don't know if you know this but one of my favorite things in the world is talking through tears i think i've mentioned that before and uh brenda's really good at it so (laughs) um so yeah so it's gonna be a lot more of me queening out about brenda vicaro in 2019 so congratulations brenda um just as you said you're staying you're staying that's what i said i'm staying i'm staying now, number two and number one. I got to tell you, this has been the the toss up of all toss ups. I have never, uh, I have never felt so conflicted. Um, that's not true. Uh, that's not true at all. But I've decided that this is. If this is not a tie, I think, I think it's understandable why number one made number one. But number two, of course, is. Just as special. This won't be a surprise. This is uh, the nuance that's gotten some of the most play on In the Details in 2018. That's, of course, Tony Collette in Hereditary. And you know what I'm talking about. You know what it is. You know it's coming. For old time's sake, as my radiator kicks in and gives us some terrible background noise, let's listen to Tony Collette in the dinner table scene in Hereditary.
0: Don't you swear at me, you little shit! Don't you ever raise your voice at me. I am your mother. Do you understand? All I do is worry and slave and defend you. And all I get back is that fucking face on your face. So full of disdain and resentment and always so annoyed. Well, now your sister is dead. And I know you miss her. And I know it was an accident, and I know you're in pain, and I wish I could take that away for you. I wish I could shield you from the knowledge that you did what you did, but your sister is dead. She is gone forever. And what a waste if it could have maybe brought us together or something. If you could have just said, I'm sorry, or faced up to what happened. Maybe Dan, we could do something with this, but you can't take responsibility for anything. So now I can't accept, and I can't forgive, because, because nobody admits anything they've done.
1: It seems like the radiator's coming down a little bit. I think it was just getting really excited. I think it was just kind of um, doing its own Tony Collette in hereditary impression. Um, I think it was about to scream at me that uh, I don't take a responsibility for anything that I've done. Uh, but anyway, I obviously, you know, I, I have talked about that scene over and over and over. I love that scene to death. I love the way that Tony Collette just, like, rings herself dry. That's how I describe the performance over and over. And I'll tell you what, I've watched that scene a few times. I have not watched Hereditary again since the first time I saw it. I am, like, a fr- I just, I'm not afraid to watch it. It just, oh, it's just so disturbing. And, again, it's not just the supernatural stuff. It's the, like, family grief stuff. It's just, I, oh, my God, that movie. Uh, I I know it's on Amazon. It, I almost watched it the other night, but I was like, oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready, even with all that sweet, sweet Tony in there. Uh, so, anyway, I will, though. Uh, that being said, Tony Collette in *Hereditary*. If we're going to talk about 2018 specifically, circa 2018, this has been my favorite 2018 performance. I, nothing, uh, nothing knocked me out of the out of the park like this. I I just think it was, it's just incredible, and it always makes me so happy when I see other people talk about how great it is because I'm like, yes, right? Isn't she fucking awesome in *Hereditary*? Like that's, that's pretty much my like. Decoder ring to figure out if like someone's a good person. It's like, oh, did you like Tony Collette and hereditary? Oh, you did? Okay, cool I like you, too Uh, so that being said I I don't know if this is gonna be I feel like I say that being said a lot, but Oh, well that being said, uh, I Don't know if number one would be a surprise. I think it's understandable considering how much we have spent uh, how much time we have spent Cherishing valerie because of course number one has to be lisa kuchero as valerie cherish and specifically it has to be the dressing room scene where she talks about sort of being on the field hockey team um i which i know we're just gonna let we're gonna let play right here
0: do you want to talk about what just happened at the metal detector oh that was no big deal no yeah you know, you know you know those girls in junior high school who have the body cast on or the back brace that was me, <laughs> so you know it happened done, yeah, aren't you worried about your fall? Oh God, no, no no no, no, yeah, have a rod in my back, but you know doesn't limit me much, you know, always been very active, very physical, you know, in fact, you know even then, I was on the field hockey team, yeah, so but that whole year, of course, I was in the body cast, so you know, couldn't play, but uh, still go to every practice, went to every practice, you know, dressed in the uniform for every game, right? And, uh, you know, still part of it, you know, ran around handing out towels and, you know, getting everyone water, cheering them on during the games, you know. Yeah, showed up every day, so it was, it was fun. Wouldn't let me be in the picture, but... Yeah. I don't know what this is <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm going to have I'm fine. <laughs> I don't know what this
1: is. That wouldn't let me be in the picture moment. Every single time gets me. Just gets me every time. And I, um, you know, of course, we are in the midst of kind of uh, the second, I don't. Know if, I wouldn't say the second half of Cherishing Valerie because I don't know how many episodes it's going to be. It might be a lot more short episodes than a few long ones. That's how it's feeling right now. But um, we are talking about season two of Cherishing Valerie, Valerie right now, and a lot of my favorite nuances from the comeback are in season two. But this is, I mean, I, th- I think this is just such a it's such a knockout moment, and I feel like I feel like I can remember the first time I saw this moment. I feel like I can remember how, like, it was such a gut punch, but it was also so, it was such a relief, and it was so gratifying to see that depth of humanity in, in Valerie. And I uh, I just can't believe it still is so affecting to me. And I I was talking about this with uh, with Johnny the other day, you know, like my, my All Right Mary co-host, and sort of talking about, like, my favorite TV characters. And I really think... um Valerie Cherish, it's a toss-up, so I have to include both of them. Michael Scott and Pam Beasley. I I, really, I, lo- I have always said it's Pam B- Pam Beasley. You know, I love girls. I love the women. But I love Michael Scott so much. I think Steve Carell is, oh, we're going to get off track. I, I want to do, like, a whole podcast about how much I love him. Uh, and then, of course, Marge Simpson. Like, these are my favorite TV characters. And so... Um, Marge Simpson, we didn't talk about it all on this podcast, but he talked about her a bunch on All Right, Mary. She's, of course, she should have her own honorary award. But anyway, congratulations, Valerie. Congratulations. You may have not been allowed in the picture on the field hockey team, but you are – we choose you. You're the VIP, MVP, star of the nuances. And That's got to mean something, goddammit. Uh, it's, you know, it's the people. It's from the people. Well, it's from me, so – it's kind of like a People's Choice Award. Anyway, before, before the ceremony ends, there's one more award to give out. We hinted at it earlier. That is, of course, the annual Beatrice Strait Award for Excellence in Nuance. It would not be the nuances if we did not induct a Hall of Fame honoree. This, of course, is for a performer who has uh, just come out of nowhere and and surprised me with a, with a level of, of depth and nuance, have I said the word nuance? Anyway, I just, like, the the winner, there's no real deep thought behind this. This is just someone who I, I just think was an amazing performer, and I couldn't zoom in on one nuance, and I thought it would be really fun to have an honorary award. So that's the thinking behind this one. Congratulations, Zora Lampert. I mean, uh. Ugh. My life is complete. I'm giving Zora Lampert an award. Oh my god! I can lay down in the roses now and turn into mulch. I don't know what that means, but I congratulations Zora Lampert. Zora Lampert, of course, the star of 1971's Let's Scare Jessica to Death, an incredible stage and screen actress. I, I mean, I just saw her recently. You know, I was I was doing a little snooping around youtube or i don't know how i stumbled on this i think it was kind of one of those imdb holes i get into but she co-starred in this short-lived sitcom that sally field was in i think after like the flying nun called the girl who's the girl with something extra which is like a lyric in a rupaul song uh so i was like oh is that where that came from and of course you know it sounds like a like a sort of oh something extra it sounds like a penis right Anyway, it's supposed to be about this like newlywed who has ESP. But um, the episode I watched, I think I I watched part of one and, I, and a lot of another one. She didn't use any of her ESP at all. So I think this is why the show didn't last long. Is like they kept forgetting about the ESP. But anyway, Zora Lampert is in it. She plays Sally Field's best friend Annie, and she it. Oh my god! Like it's just first of all, I watched this one episode, and it was it was about. Uh, Sally Field and her husband. Her character's name is Sally, and I think her husband's name is John. I think the actor's name was John. Go figure. Anyway, they reconnect with like an old high school friend of hers. I know this is supposed to be about Zora Lampert. It is. We're getting a Zora, but they reconnect with an old high school friend of hers and her weird husband. And turns out they're a couple of duds. And now Sally and John can't get rid of can't get rid of them. And then Annie and her, I i guess it's her boyfriend or her husband. I thought he was just another character. Uh, but anyway, they eventually kind of get pulled into the mix of, I guess, trying to dilute these weirdos. And it's, it ended up being like this really funny, really, I got like totally, totally wrapped up in them trying to like figure out how to get rid of this couple. And then getting into this like situation where then they had to go nude bathing with them. It was, um... It was weird. It was, I don't know. I was like strangely entertained by it. And I was like, oh, then the show got canceled. So uh, what does it say about me? But I don't know. The, ca- the, the comeback got canceled after one season. So maybe we we're just waiting for the inevitable return, the inevitable comeback of the girl with something extra. Come on, Sally Field. Maybe you could be an award winner. Maybe you could get the Beatrice Trade Award for Excellence and Nuance. But this year, it's Zora Lampert. She is... Like, oh my god, I like, can't even put my put a word on it. Everything I've seen her in, it's like she's in a different show or a different movie than everybody else. She's bringing about 40% more texture. It's kind of like everybody else, like she's in HD and everybody else has that like season one drag race filter. There's just something she's doing that's different. And I, I'm so curious to hear what other people's take on her is, like what their reactions to her uh, are, because I think... I know when I first, like when I first saw Let's Scare Jessica to Death, I was like, is this good acting? And I know I had a similar response to Ruth Gordon in mm-hmm. Rosemary's Baby, and now I'm like, yeah, this is like the best acting in the room. This is like the best acting you can ask for. So um, I hope if you have, are not familiar with Let's Scare Jessica to Death or Zora Lambert, I hope this inspires you to go uh, give one or either the gander, the gander, the single singular gander, uh, because... You know, 2019 is is the perfect time to go explore obscure actresses from the 70s. Um, anyway, these are these are my highlights from 2018. As I wrap up this little bonus episode, I do want to just give a um, this I guess would be sort of a teaser. Uh, one, uh, all right, Mary, and in the details, listener, Craig, hello, Craig, if you're listening, had a while ago recommended, I familiarize myself with Barbara Harris, who had died in August. Um, so rest in peace, rest in power, Barbara Harris. Um, and I think I knew the name, but like, just, you know, I was like, I think I was like, well, I, there's so many Barbaras, you know what I mean? I was like, is that Barbara Harris? Is that Barbara Rush? Is that Barbara Bush? Um, Barbara Bach, you know what I mean? Uh, Barbara Please, which is my drag name. I've never done drag, but if ever I I do do drag, it's Barbara Please. Um, So she just kind of never totally popped on my radar. And then uh, Craig had recommended I watch this movie called The North Avenue Irregulars, which, again, is a movie that was like a Disney TV movie from the early 70s. And I think... Uh, that would have never popped on my radar. I would have never realized that that it was like this movie full of amazing actresses like Cloris Leachman and uh, Kim Valentine. Is that her name? And oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. Cloris Leachman is like ridiculously funny in it. And Barbara Harris is incredible. Now, Barbara Harris. So I I fell in love with her from there. And then I was like, okay, what else? What else is there? Um, She's only been in like a, a good handful of movies and it's, Kind of deliberate, and we'll do a whole episode about her and talk about her interesting career. She is, of course, a Best Supporting Actress nominee. She was in, you know, a a small portion of this very strange movie in the early '70s called "Who Is Harry Kellerman and Why Is He Saying Those Terrible Things About Me?" And again, this is like a movie, like a title like that. I'm like, oh, whatever. You lost me at Kellerman, you know. But then, of course, I was like, "Well, I got to see. I have to see what Barbara Harris got nominated for a Best Supporting Actress for." Now the movie is on YouTube, and the clip actually, there's just a single clip of her, and it's pretty much you know 90 percent of the magic that she's doing in this movie that you can find on YouTube, and I can post it and whatnot. But I, there, it doesn't include kind of her entrance in the movie. But what's great is you only really have to zoom like you, if you don't want to watch the rest of the movie, you just have to go to like an hour and like two minutes in and then she enters and she's like auditioning for, I think for a, for some musical or something. Uh, in any event it's, Oh my God. I, I've been thinking about this scene. Oh, constantly. I, I can't stop thinking about it. I cannot. There's so many little moments that I cannot stop thinking about it. It, I Basically, the only thing I can do is a beat-by-beat beat breakdown in a future episode because it's so incredible. And I don't know who else was nominated that year, but I think if a reason to give someone a Best Supporting Actress is that they leave you just, like, haunted, then I think Barbara Harris was robbed that year. I mean, it's just a haunting performance. It's so good. It's so funny. It's so moving. It's And I believe, and I haven't been able to find any confirmation, I've only seen like one person talk about this, that most of this scene was improvised, uh, that she had improvised, it's almost a monologue, and that she had improvised most of it, which would make sense because she's a founding member of the Second City, which I'm like, oh my God, like you're just like, royalty you know what I mean so anyway we're gonna give her her proper due Uh, as I said she did pass away in August so it'll be a sort of you know in remembrance a bit too late but you know better late than never right Uh, so anyway so thank you Craig and uh, I am I just am so obsessed with her now she is she's on the list she's there with Beatrice Strait and Zora Lampert I think You know, next year, at next year's nuances, if we're all lucky enough to be there, and it it comes time to choose the Beatrice Strait Award for Excellence in Nuance, who do I nominate? You know, Barbara Harris is, uh, I I think she's the one to beat, but we have a long year ahead of us, and um, you never know what's going to happen. So, more nuance in 2019, right? All right, Mary? Little crossover uh anyway i think that's all for me thank you so much for tuning in for this bonus episode of in the details i would love to hear what are your favorite nuances either either <laughs> either from my podcast or <laughs> you know from past episodes or just ones you've seen this year even if they're not movies from 2018 what are some nuances you've discovered recently that you're obsessed with like i i want to know and then i want to go check them out uh, anyway, you know how you can tell me about those. You can drop me an email at pod at gmail.com. You can connect with me on Twitter at Colin Drucker. And if you want to leave something permanent on the bathroom wall, you can write my name and number on iTunes with a five-star rating and review. And, uh, of course, uh, next week or hopefully later this week, but very soon, we will be continuing to... Uh, episode six part six of cherishing valerie i was thinking about it today i'm very excited about it i know where it's going um so yeah so stay tuned for that and thank you so much for listening this week and i will uh talk to you next time for another celebration of all of the acting choices micro moments and magic in the minutia that make me want to make a whole podcast about it called in the details